Uh, if that wasn't so slanderous, that'd be a good opening to the yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. Unfortunately, Joel is not here today, so it was his wedding this week just gone, and myself, Alex, and Dave were the best men. And we delivered such a scathing best man speech that he's decided that he's not pitching up today. I don't think he's speaking to us, to be honest. It'll be fine. But to be fair, he doesn't really add that much anyway, so I don't think we're going to miss him. Um, So apologies, Joel, apologies. So just like Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, the fate of one will change the future of all. Like sometimes when we're doing this, I just want to know, how is that just like... This podcast, okay, um, just, just like it. Okay, so the fate of uh, the decision that we make will change the future of how people look at the podcast, whether wow. it's a hit or shit wow. film. The future, <laughs> really, bigging ourselves up a little bit there. I feel, but, all right, okay, right. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Alex. Uh, uh, so, if you've never heard the show before, where have you been? Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. But there's a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, and a lot of banter. So this week's film on trial, as I said before, is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Is that the closest you could get to, like a wizard? Yeah, that's the closest I could get to a wizard. Thanks, Ozzy. Um, <laughs> and just to say that if you haven't seen the film yet, uh, this is going to be a very spoilerific episode. So please do go out and watch the film, then come back and give it a listen. Or you can skip to our quiz this week brought to us by Dave and listen to the podcast once you have got around to watching the film. We will highlight when the quiz starts in the comment section below. So before we go on, our last film on trial was uh, Cutthroat Island. So Joel was the judge for that one and he decided that it should be placed on the shit list. Really? He- what? <laughs> I, know, I know yeah i can't believe it either shocking uh, now for some reason the selfish bastard didn't have enough time to watch cutthroat island during the week of his wedding um but so we'll never know if he made the right call or not however i think we do I, know I, I, <laughs> I've, I've seen i thought it was all right of okay i'll, 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 you I'll see i'll see you can read i thought it was a good film it was it was quite action-packed yeah it was a bit clunky at times but it was it was really entertaining i had loads of fun watching it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so well, I mean, to be honest, Ozzy, you know, you haven't seen a lot of films, and those films that you have seen, you like. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, re- regardless of how good they are, I'm sure we'll find at some point a film that you'll hate, <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to it. I'd love it if it was something. Today like... might be your day. <laughs> oh, nice, nice! Fighting words. I'd love it if it, if it was one of your favorite films as well, like Paths of Glory. Or yeah, something. just kill me. <laughs> so, so with that in mind, I did. Uh, once again put a poll up on Twitter this weekend and I asked our friends and followers which list Cutthroat Island should be placed on the results are in and 66% of um, listeners agree that it should be placed on the shit list so we have had a few contentious decisions recently Um, a lot of the Twitterverse have been kind of going against our, de- our decision and saying it should have been placed on the other list so for once we have placed it on the right list apparently so it, 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 does that kind of put your mind at ease guys? Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we all we all know. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, it's probably in the right place. That film is on the right list. It definitely wasn't the best pirate film I've ever watched. 
But it was entertaining. But it was one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, so before we go into the bulk of the show, it's time for a little bit of news. Uh, And hang on, really, uh, I apologize for this in advance. Um... Oh, shit. Yeah, I kind of I'm becoming a bit sloppy. I'm thinking like, oh, I've got everything done. And then a couple of seconds before we start recording, like, oh, shit, yeah, I haven't done that this week. <laughs> anyway, so ignore that. Um, so another week, another sequel that nobody asked for. Um, <laughs> hey, easy. <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron has announced that principal shooting has been completed on Avatar 2 and 3. So Cameron said that it was initially hard to write a sequel to Avatar because Dances with Wolves 2 doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> you lost, Hodgson. <laughs> so obviously I'm joking here, but Alex, you're a massive fan of the first one for some reason. Uh, what do you think about this news? Are you looking forward to a proposed four Avatar sequels, or do you think that it might be a little bit overkill? I think four. I don't. I never get excited when I hear there's like four films set up, and I never really believe that that's going to happen. I think there's more to explore in the world. I I really. I love Avatar. I think it's a fantastic film. And it's such a fantastic world they've set up, literally just created it out of nothing, that definitely I'd be excited to see what, what else there is. There's really good themes running through it, of colonialism. All of those things were great in the first film, and they were great. And I think, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely let's, there's, there's far more to explore. I wish there had been a Dance of Wolves too. This is our chance. <laughs> was, was there a Legend of Fern Gully too? Because <laughs> that might give us a bit of a clue as to where this one's going to go. Yeah, Pocahontas too. Um, so uh, apparently, there was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. apparently they've been recording in the Mariana Trench, and the majority of this film will be shot underwater. So oh, how yeah. do you feel about that? Well, James Cameron does love, that's why Titanic was made, because yeah. he's went deep sea diving and he just got into it and he wanted to sort of do it and make a film and he loved so, the Meg <laughs> and who didn't love the Meg I, uh, I also think that's an interesting way I didn't know that so I think that's an interesting way for it to go because I think you've, you've sort of seen Pandora I'm guessing yeah. that'll be set back on so I guess that'll be a, another part of the world another to explore aspect, yeah. uh, right so um, following on from that the world's greatest actor and owner of the best bear arse in cinematic history Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell there we go well done guys <laughs> has stated that he doubts he'll be involved in the proposed reboot of Big Trouble in Little China. The project is set to star the world's greatest movie star and favourite of this podcast. Yes. That's right, guys. That's oh, right. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hang on. Who's better, Kurt Russell or Dwayne Johnson? Uh, I'm not going to dignify you that with an answer. Come on. Uh, anyway, come right. on. So it's been a while since we've had any rock-related news, hasn't it, Ozzy? It has been ages. So, Russell, Russell wished Johnson the best of luck in the in the potential reboot, and he remarked on how much of a top lad he is. Alex, he said he's a really boss guy. Uh, I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Is, is that, <laughs> those his words. Yeah. Then. Ken Russell was like, you know, you know <laughs> that, bossing. you know that rock. He's, he's a top lad. Him. Um, okay, so. Ozzy, essentially, what, what I'm, what I'm going to ask you, are you looking forward to this reboot? Um, are you hoping that Russell changes his mind and joins the project? And, and also, what do you think about John Carpenter not being involved in this stage at the moment? So, I feel like, I mean, I don't know a massive amount of John Carpenter other than The Thing, um, so obviously a big fan. Um, 
And did he do that? Um, did he do Tango and Cash as well? Was he involved with that? Just stop talking. Did <laughs> 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 John Carpenter? He isn't allowed to be part of it, or he, like he'd no interest in being. Part no, of it. did so the, he not the get producers, no, the producers said that they would like to have him on board, yeah, but then he. So this was announced in 2015, and in an interview when he was talking about Halloween, so he was he was involved as an executive producer and he composed new music for it. They asked him, or he was asked in an interview what's going on with the Big Trouble in Little China reboot and he said well he hasn't been asked to join uh, you know to, to okay. board it as of yet whether or not that changes I mean it might do because of how massively successful Halloween was mm. and I, I heard somewhere the, um, the Rock wanted him on board uh, for, for creative reasons so, so maybe I, I think if you want to see Big Trouble in Little China there's a perfectly fantastic film called Big Trouble in Little China we don't need a reboot of it it's a really good film yeah. I don't see why they're. are you happy about it? Um, I'm interested mm. to, so Big Trouble in Little China isn't my favourite John Carpenter film obviously because the greatest film of all time is the thing <laughs> but I do really like it obviously um, I, I would be interested to see what they do because I know that they made a comic book series afterwards focusing on like a, an older more grizzled Jack Burton so that that might be an interesting story to to go with and um, to see like kind of what's happened to him since and I think you know it might be interesting to see if it you know if it's set in 2018 what differences that there could be mm. anyway but uh, we'll, we'll see anyway I mean the rock is just so chocker at the moment anyway he's got about like a million and one projects on the go it might not even happen so we'll see anyway just uh, while we're still on the organ hang on Dave oh for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> we said that, I feel, but it's just. I uh, feel this is kind of taking a piss of out, of, out of the moving tribute this could have been. No, wait, no. Listen, no, listen, mate. I'm crying. No, no, it's, they are moving tributes, to be honest. Now, now Dave, uh, you were hoping not to read out another obituary until January, but yeah. it's not going very well, is it? No, Dave? it's not going well at all. Unfortunately, there has been um, three high-profile deaths this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> I think I've cursed a few people, to be honest with you. <laughs> So, 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 Dave, would you like to give us a bit more information? Yeah. Um, okay. First up, <laughs> Nicholas Rogue has sadly passed away. Director of Don't Look Now, amongst mm. many other, oh, yeah, many other films. Don't Look Now is the one that stands out for me. Very uh, iconic horror film. Uh, decent director by all accounts. Decent cinematographer as well. You know, he's uh, he was a good man. I mean, Gav, you've got some recollections of Don't Look Now, haven't you? That, I, uh, I know there's a continuing theme on here that I watch horror films <laughs> at a very, very young age. Yeah. And Don't Look Now is the first one I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so it made an impact no, on you then. It did make a massive impact on me. Um, so so I, was, I was scared of him. Uh, anybody wearing a red trench coat for years <laughs> in my life, to be honest. If I saw a kid walking down the street with a red trench coat Run on, away. I just... Yeah. <laughs> away. Do not go over. <laughs> and the other one I want to mention, uh, Ricky Jay, who not many people may know. Uh, he was a character actor in America. He was also um, one of the best sleight of hand magicians, mm. um, regarded as, as being be able to pull the wool over the eyes of other professional magicians. He was a very talented man and an actor you may have seen in films such as uh, Hit List material, such as Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> <laughs> a Lest classic James Bond film, I think you called that, Alex, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the genuinely good Prestige, uh, in which he played a magician, funnily enough. Ah, Right, lovely stuff. Well, thank you very, very much for that, guys. Um, so before we move on, sorry, Austin's just like trying to um, frantically charge his uh, his iPad up, which contains all of his notes. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, before we move on, Alex, I think it's time for another one of your film feels. <laughs> I always think you're going to change that last bit, but you're just you're sticking with it. Aren't I'm sticking you? with it for now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know. 
Johnny Depp's in this film, and I was wondering, you know, he's done quite a lot of iconic films. What's your favourite Johnny Depp film of all time? Not his fav- not his best role, like just the film he's in. Okay, yeah. Um, it's just as well because he plays the same character in... Does he? Every film uh, since 2004, I think. I think Grindelwald is quite different from Hunter S. Thompson. So you think. Now you mention it. Yeah. Well, no, no, so as he said, anything um, before 2004 or 2003 or whenever Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean came out, and since then he started just playing variants of Jack Sparrow. Yeah, he just puts uh, on a British accent. Hunter S. Thompson since, but yeah, Rum Diary. Oh, 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 God. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I thought you were talking about Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Well, that as well. That as well. They're both Hunter S. Thompson yeah. parodies. So, um, so I, I I really like Edward. Mm. Uh, so, Damn it, God. I need to start going first. Sorry. <laughs> so, I, hang on. But I'll tell you what, I'll go with a different one. You can go with Edward. So one of the other ones I wanted to speak about is a film called Nick of Time. <laughs> what? Seen that? what? Yes, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he plays a sort of Johnny Everyman who is forced to kill a politician to save his daughter. From Christopher Walken. Yeah, who has been uh, held captive by Perma Buddy Christopher Walken. Um, it's filmed in real time and I genuinely like it although I definitely think it would be a good one for this podcast because I think it's massively like you either love it or you very yeah. very much hate it yeah look on my face should give away my thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah. so uh, mine's Blow I think oh yeah oh yeah uh, very good one I think, I think it's a good film so I'm gonna go with Donnie Brasco I think he's really oh, yeah. really good in that I think he's can, can often Johnny Depp's kind of doing like a character or kind of like an eccentric thing Donnie Brasco is just proper proper good in that yeah that was like so different to what he'd done before yeah. i think as well yeah, yeah. it was just so out of the blue yeah i think he does that the the sort of the him turning over to the mafia side of things and sort of becoming less of an agent and more yeah. of a mafioso i think he really nailed that in that film so yeah that's my favorite I, and i really like donny brasco so mm-hmm. yeah good film dave um well fully enough i was gonna say ed wood oh really yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a really good film you guys may not have heard of it but gabby should give it a look in sometime <laughs> it's a, not a really good portrayal from him uh it's quite a sweet way of looking at ed wood who is this uh regarded as the worst film director of all time in many circles and it's actually kind of kind of a sweet look at him you know he plays him quite naively quite innocently so it's a it's a nice way of looking at him because apparently ed wood was not that nice in real life but it's a, a sweet portrayal for sure and uh, yeah, some good good acting credentials from Johnny Depp there. Is, Ed, is Edward still around? Edward is long gone. Oh, is he? Okay. Long, mm-hmm. yeah. Just checking whether he's involved with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see, I see, I see. Put the claws away, man. Put the claws away. <laughs> we haven't even started yet. <laughs> okay, so... This uh, is how I try and win. I just sublimate from Rile up everyone. little comments in the news section. <laughs> right, so uh, thank you very much for that, uh, Alex. You're welcome. Don't, please don't. <laughs> I'll prefer it. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Right, so on to the bulk of the show. This week's film, as mentioned before, is Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And usually we pick the film out of the hat uh, from uh, suggestions at random. Uh, but this one has been chosen by the group because it's hip and happening. And we want to prove that we're down with the kids, but uh, not in the same way as... Um, uh, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Is that right, Ozzy? Um, <laughs> well, as, it's funny as you mentioned that. It's part of my argument, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> however, the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So in the role of defence and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is our very own little wizard sleeve, Alex Bruce. <laughs> 
Sir Chanel. So in the role. Just killed all sick. So it's it's annoying. It's annoying when it hurts and you find it funny at the same time. So in the role of prosecution and trying to condemn this film to the shit list is our very own Exmelianus Austin Ray. Hello, Austin. Uh, now, just like real court advocates, Brucey and Ozzy will be making the best case for their roles. This may or may not be their genuine opinion, so, so please do stay tuned until the end of the episodes to hear their real thoughts. Now, in the role of character witness and lending his genuine opinions to each argument to try and throw a little bit of extra weight behind them is our very own pair of fantastic breasts, Captain Dave. <laughs> I'll tell you that, I got quite a line. <laughs> which means this week our very own muggle, which is uh, me, because I don't really know a lot about Harry Potter. Um, oh, you're giving yourself an easy one now. You've been very nice to yourself there, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I've got a huge list of names. <laughs> so uh, I have the most important role as I will be playing the judge. I must decide which list this film should be placed on the hit or the shit based solely on the arguments that are put to me and not using my own opinion. Now, I haven't seen the film, so I completely blank slate a little bit like Joel's personality uh, so before we get started he's not even here and I'm not even into him. here come on that, that could have been what I should have added to the uh, <laughs> best man's speech <laughs> uh, so before we get started uh, I think we should probably give the listeners a bit of a better idea as to what the film is about and spin that wheel of impressions okay so here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters of the film, so this week it is landed on Captain Dave. Oh, shit. Mm. So, uh, what do we want Dave to read out the synopsis in the style? Oh, it's a tricky one. Mm. This, um, yeah, there's just lots of British accents. Yeah, yeah. British. A lot of what about what about uh, the Queens? Like you know, sort of New York. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I was going to say um, Newt. Uh, Eddie Remain. Eddie Remain. Eddie Remain. Stephen. Just, just, just Stephen Hawking. <laughs> no, Easy uh, judge. Uh, <laughs> what, about, what about Dumbledore? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Just posh British. Okay, so <laughs> give us your best posh British. Everything's just posh British right now. <clears throat> Harry, Harry Potter, give us Jude, Jude, Jude Law. He's got a bit of a lisp. I see. Yeah. You're just making this up now. Oddly, he's oddly, got a lisp. He's got a stammer. He's got a, a bit lip. of a South African twang to it. Now, I don't think about he it. does have a bit of a lisp. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with posh British. Okay, so okay. It's like Harry Potter. Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. The second. Potter. I'm, I'm reading. <laughs> See what I, Harry Potter. What I like to do in my spare time is just say the words Harry Potter, but in a variety of posh Harry British. Potter. Shall we, shall we just shall do I, that? Shall I just do that? And you let me know when I've nailed. <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. Harry Potter, the second installment of the Fantastic Beasts series and J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World, featuring the adventures of magizoologist Newt Scamander. Oh my god, Dave, you could have been on like BBC Radio in you the twenties. You, you could have been in Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> Was it that good? Amazing! <laughs> I was, right. giving, I was yeah. lifting you wide open yeah, for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you yeah, no, there. No, I was, I was, um, I'm going to let it lie. <laughs> right. So, without further hesitation, allow me to kick off proceedings, please. And I will start, I think, with the prosecution. So, what is your first argument? So, come on, come prepared to my courtroom, mate. I'm trying my best, but um, I'm on with your two percent. Brilliant! Can't wait. Didn't work this Paper out. Paper and pen, well. Aussie. Oh man. Right, I'll tell you what, listen, Alex, listen, you're I'm gonna, all over it, right? No, you, you got it? No, listen. 
<laughs> I, I really, really, really wanted to like this film, okay? But it it's a mess. It's, it's so much is in it, and I don't... And I, I've, I've yet to work out, watched it twice, once in 2D, once in 3D, because I really, really want to like it. Don't get me wrong, like, this is... I'm right up there, I'm a big Harry Potter fan, so I really wanted to enjoy it. And, and it's got everything that you want from a Harry Potter film, but too much of it and not enough real... Like, I feel as though it could have been split into two films and half the film could have been really looked after well. And it could have been much bigger. So, you know, it's got all... And I, I don't think it really works unless you are aware of the Harry Potter world already. It's filled with this, like, like complex magical twists and just too many people, too many, um, too many characters and subplots to really to focus on. Um, it was just, it was really, really, really busy. And I think, um, I found it very difficult to follow and I'm, you know, a fan of the wizarding world. I think anyone who, who's never seen Harry Potter or didn't really follow it that much, I think it'd be impossible for them to follow into, uh, to keep track of what was going on. Um, you know, so from that perspective, you know, what is Fantastic Beast? And, it, and it's, it was a small, it's like a novella. It was like a little extension to the Harry Potter universe, a little bit of a background so that you get a feel for, for what was going on at Hogwarts, what was going on in the wider world. So that, you know, just like a little extra for people who were a fan of the, the original books. It was a way of uh, JK Rowling to like expand the universe, you know, cynically maybe to make a bit more money. Um, and um, this story is sort of set many years before, um, many, many, so it's like when, um, when Professor Dumbledore is, a, you know, he's much, much younger man um, in this. Um, this is, so it's set many years before the Harry Potter film. It's a new, a new franchise, essentially, but in the same universe, much like, uh, you know, the better call Saul to Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm know. sure that's what everybody thought <laughs> when they sat down to watch this. I, I love your comparison. Yeah, yeah. You can have the next one. Like, like the Hobbit to the Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's like fair. Uh, The Last Jedi and Force Awakens. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow. He's not even here to get really upset. Yeah, yeah, he's not. That's, well, I was hoping he was going to be the judge, so uh, I really I laid that one for him. And and you know what? I think, I think it tries uh, too hard as a film to like to, to tie in all of these sort of pre-storylines with what happened in the main film, um, you know, with the main film. So in, in the other five films of the, of the universe, you know, so, it, but, but then because it gets a little bit lost in itself, there's some weird plot twists which happen, which actually uh, contradict things that happen in the, in, in the other universe, things that have already been explained. So um, that, that's a bit, a bit annoying, you know, the, the film just sort of just disregards a lot of sort of Harry Potter lore and, there's been a whole, you know, there's a whole industry based around just Harry Potter. So there's lots of stories that have already been filled in, already done, and 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 J.K. Rowling's already said this is what happens with these things. This is why um, you can't do certain things, or this is this is why this happens. And then in this film, a lot of them are just disregarded. So that in the very first Fantastic Beasts, people were a bit uh, bemused that his little um, his little monster the. I can't remember what it's called. Now, like the, yeah, so the Niffler, it gets out and it's, it's robbing all the coins and, you know, it's causing a lot of havoc. It's like, oh, why didn't he just Accio Niffler, you know, just bring it back? And she said... Ozzy, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, so mate. Spell, so, so, so the spell... So, so, I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of irrelevant to the film as such, the cinematic side of it, but it's part of the story. It's a, it's a like a... To, I suppose it's one of you know it's just a real bad plot hole. So she said that you can't do that to um, to living objects. You know, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, it's fine. That's a good a good reason not to do it." However, in this film, 
He does it. He does exactly that. He says, Aki and Niffler, it comes back to him immediately. Just disregard to what was what was said about why they couldn't do it in the first film. Oh, right, okay. Things so, like that. So, so it's just kind bottle. of a straight... But and, and that happens quite a few times in this film. Um, the things like um, you can apparate directly into Hogwarts. It's kind of a really, really major thing that happens in this film is that they just appear within Hogwarts. Oh no, outside of Hogwarts. I came into Hogwarts. No, no. We was within the grounds of Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah, but you can do it. Listen, guys, this sticking point about where they transported to isn't going to sway this verdict for me, so move on. Okay, well, anyway, so... Well, the, the oh, I, actually, that, actually, it was about two meters outside. But the end of that is that basically that, that's been, like, well well regarded, and this is only a small one, is that you, you can't operate into or out of Hogwarts, and that's, that's something that's done. It's done pretty freely in this film. And I felt, as a fan of... Um, as a fan of the first one, in fact, you know, even though the first one was essentially, you know, a cheap... Uh, it felt it was like a cheap version of Harry Potter you know it had all the magic stuff but it wasn't quite as well done I, I was left a little perplexed you know I, I've waited to finish you know to to finally find out what happened to all of these characters that were set up you know like the weird boy um, Credence so you know I was hoping to really find out about this guy's story I thought that you know, what is he? Is he, you know, is he related to Bellatrix the Strange? Does he do whatever? And then, and they let you play with that the entire, um, the entire way through. So you're thinking that he is a, a Lestrange. He's a, he's a major part of the Harry Potter world. And then suddenly, no, you know, <laughs> no, that Lestrange brother was killed off in some, some really bizarre um, magic scene. And then, um, and it's pretty frustrating, you know, that, that that isn't what happens. And suddenly he's a Dumbledore. It's just this. Your look of perplexion there, and my description is probably as good as you can get from the story. I'd say I've described it even better and given you more backstory to what was given to you in the film about what happened. Okay, there. so I, I know it's, limited about Harry Potter. So you're telling me that there's a character that was included in the first film, yeah, and their identity was a bit of a question mark, and this yes. film was supposed to reveal the identity, yeah, basically. And, and you now, were led to believe it was one wizard, yeah, yeah which is which is fine, family, and then it ends up being a Dumbledore, yeah. A twist. A twist. Yeah, a, a, a twist. A, a very unbelievable, outrageous twist. If you're, if you understand like the timelines, it's only just about possible. But it does. It really doesn't work if you if you're aware of the rest of these characters. Mm-hmm. You know, timelines and whatever, and it's all part of it. You know, she's she's J.K. Rowling has, has written it. It's not like the Star Wars stuff where it's not the same. Uh, you know, where we can disregard a whole lot of this fan fiction. It's not, it's all written by her. It's all part of the same thing. She wrote the screenplays here. It's, um, it just feels a little bit, me- the, the, the summary of what I'm going for here is that it's messy and it doesn't feel, uh, like a finished film. It, it doesn't tie up any loose ends. All it does is just open more. Okay. Thank you very much for that, Austin. So Alex Austin says that it's messy, convoluted. It's too busy. There's too many subplots. And there are a lot of plot holes um, and a lot of question marks that were asked in the first film aren't really answered in this one. And that it kind of shits over some sort of the Harry Potter lore. Sure. How would you respond to that? Um, you know, just Ozzy's last point there where he's saying like it's not a finished film and it doesn't like tie up things. I don't think that's what this film is trying to do. It wants to open things up. It wants to make a franchise. It wants to make this world a little bit bigger. So it's not trying to, it isn't trying to make things smaller. It's trying to make things bigger. And I think a lot of Harry Potter fans will want that. They want more things to be unanswered. They want bigger things. They want the whole universe to go somewhere. 
And I think if it was tying up stuff and it was just saying, oh, this is, you know, like a bit like the solo film, oh, this is how this happened, this is how this happened, this is how this happened. People don't necessarily want that. They want a little bit of it. But what this film does quite nicely is it says, yeah, this is a little bit like where the phoenix came from. This is where Forks came from, which is big in the books and, you know, you really love it. It's like, oh, this is where this comes from. But then what's going to happen next with Forks? So it sort of opens the, it opens up the world and the universe a little bit. It is quite packed. I'd agree with Ozzy there. But, you know, maybe that's just different people could take a lot from that. You know, people who aren't aware of Harry Potter may struggle with this film a little bit. But then again, um, lots of people are aware of Harry Potter. They're extremely popular books, extremely popular films. And honestly, who's going to see a sequel called Fantastic Beasts 2 <laughs> if you're not at least somewhat aware, have seen, having seen the first film? You know, it, it, you'd be, if you've only got yourself to blame, really, if you don't, I've never watched Harry Potter, you've not seen the first one, you go to this film and go, hang on a minute, what's all this magic stuff? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you maybe should have done a little research before you went. It is a sequel. It does, it does, it assumes you've brought a little bit of knowledge to it, and I think it's fair, fair enough for it to do. I think it would take an awfully long time. We had those entire films, which is them at school, which really yeah. nicely introduces you to the world. And this is about, this is the world all you fans that love it this is the world and let's remember a lot of people like myself like ozzy we grew up with the books so that was a nice way of being introduced to it but now this is answering dave you too this is now answering a, a, a great thing because a lot of it was like well we know what school's like we know what that is like it's quite a cloistered, cloistered environment in the hogwarts um so now this is what the wizarding world is like and, it, and it, it's a it's a really fantastic world and it's really interesting it does these you know, Ozzy says there's lots of unanswered questions. I actually think, I think it's nice the way it brings in some of these, it sort of ties up a few loose ends or ties up things that you thought, oh, you know, Nicholas Flamel, for example, coming into it. That's a nice touch to the, to the first film. You see the Philosopher's Stone. You can sort of see the context of everything being brought in. Um, like with the, I thought the twist at the end where he becomes, is it Aurelius Dumbledore? That makes sense. And you think, oh, right, yeah, that's that's going to be a really big part of... That is something in the books. You're always like, I wonder what Dumbledore's brother... How did that... What, what happened there? But and having that answered, I think, is going to be brilliant. On the Dumbledore point, but it kind of felt as though that that was... And I mean, that that's not the Dumbledore that we, we know. You know, Dumbledore is um, he's a character who, throughout the Harry Potter series, is a big fan of uh, family, of trust, of, you know, of, of caring for his Hogwarts family. It just seems odd that oh, he knew about this this long lost brother, but he never ever bothered to well, uh, search for him. He couldn't be asked. Well, that's unanswered. That's... that's unanswered in the film. That's what I mean. It's opened up that question: what's gone on there? And that's yeah. what you know. That's what's going to hook people into coming to see. The yeah, next I mean, film. there were there were a lot of things like that, and I so I do get. I, I I can kind of see your point, but I mean, it's just like the whole Grindelwald situation is that. Um, like he's meant to be some sort of blood pact or some sort yeah. of pact, which means he can't fight him. But then in Harry Potter, you know, we're told that the reason that they're not mates is because he's a, you know, he had these crazy fascist yes. views, you know. Yes, but, 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 not, met him. but not, not super explained that. And also there's a lot of mystery surrounding Dumbledore in the books. So it's, it's trying to, you know, it's trying to do something a bit tricky. It's trying to explain a little bit of mystery around Dumbledore without overtly explaining everything because then who would care you know yeah. was, you know and i think they kept some bits of dumbledore like his sort of the way he sort of seems to know everything that's going on that his huge morality the way he looks after the children in his care puts them first i i thought that 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 stuck well with dumbledore and just the last thing i'll say is you know there are going to be potholes in a film about wizardry and, and, and magical it's trying to set it's like saying it's not going to have potholes jk rowling can't 
create an entire different universe full of physics and all of this magic stuff <laughs> that isn't going to have some plot holes. It's always going to be, well, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? You know, but does it affect the film? I mean, I didn't watch it thinking, hang on a minute, why don't we just do this or do that? Or do-? Yeah, obviously, when you've got magic, that's basically like your deus ex machina done. Oh, he's a magician, he just, you know, zing, problem but, solved. But there are rules in There are magic, rules. But, and she set some rules and, out in the first yeah, and, and disregarded them. There are, there, are, there, there are some, but I mean... Saying Accio to Vanifla, it's quite a small little plot hole. It's it's a niggling point. It's not but it's something a big plot hole if you think about it in the context of the first one. If he could it? have just said Accio Nifla in the first one, uh, we yeah. wouldn't have had to worry about all of that. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a It had just it had just gone home. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It would have been the prime of the Again, and I think I've said this. I've said this lots of times. of plot holes that isn't a big enough plot hole to 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 screw the film. And the, yeah. That's I kind of want to say Accio to this conversation right now. <laughs> uh, right. I, I, I would argue though, Alex, that, you know... Hang I can, on, you have a judge? <laughs> should you? <laughs> I was going to say, I can think of another film series that has that many films that doesn't have any plot holes. And, For example? Um, the Rocky franchise. <laughs> 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 oh, okay, I can, I can see why Ozzy didn't bring that up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm joking, obviously. Okay, okay, it was Cap- one of them. <laughs> Captain Dave, I think I need some assistance on this one. I'm going to need your impartial yep. opinion as a character witness. What, what do you think? Um, Austin said it's very, very convoluted. It's, it's too busy, too many things going on. Alex says that it's done actually quite well. And, and all of the kind of points that Austin's made, it's assuming that you have knowledge of this film. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what, what the seventh film in a, in, in a series. So to uh, kind well, of... it's the second in Fantastic Beasts. It must be, if you count the Harry Potter ones, this will be number 10. 10th. Oh, 10th. Yeah. Fucking hell, yeah. 10. All right, yeah. Okay, so the 10th in, in, in this series and then the second in the Fantastic Beasts series. So, so, so where do you come on this one? Uh, I think Alex's point about presuming you'll have an, uh, an assumption of knowledge about the background of this, about the universe that's been created, I think that's fair and correct, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a sequel in many ways uh, to the Fantastic Beasts uh, original film, but it's also a bit of a sequel to the Harry Potter franchise as well. And yeah, it does assume that you will have a decent set of knowledge about that, but that's not an unfair assumption to make. You know, those the books were huge, the films were huge. You know, you know by now if Harry Potter's not your thing, and you're not going to go see this film anyway. So I think it's fair that they can throw in all these references like Nicholas Flamel like other bits about the spells and things like that, and just presume people will know where they're going with it. It's a fair assumption to make, to be fair. But I do see where Austin's coming about being a bit convoluted and a bit of a mishmash. The film feels like an instalment rather than a film in its own right. It feels like it's a piece of something bigger. And that something bigger may be great, but you can't help but feel yeah, you've just seen a piece of something. You've seen a fraction yeah. of something. You know, the uh, the first one was a pretty well-rounded film, I thought, you know, because maybe they weren't sure if they were going to get sequels and that sort of thing. It was very uh, concise, everything, you know, any uh, plot points you may have were pretty much tied up by the end. Um, with this one most of it is wide open. There are so many unanswered questions. There are so many plot uh, points to be resolved, so many storylines to, to conclude. So it does feel very much like an instalment. And that is a deliberate thing because maybe you are meant to view this as a big picture. But with that bigger picture not being on the table yet, it's hard to say whether these plot points will pay off or not. It's, it's a little early in the day to make a call about these, the plot and the story. Okay, Alex, as the defence... 
how would you argue that? Do you think that it is sort of um, a standalone piece, or do you think it is sort of a film that's that's there to oh, yeah, set up a sequel? It's very obviously trying to set up a sequel. I don't think it's trying to be a standalone film, and it's doing a it's doing a job which is quite tricky in franchises when it's trying to tee up. The first film was successful. This one's trying to tee up for a few more films to, to sort of open, like I say, open up the world. Uh, so yeah, I don't think it's trying to be a fantastic film in its own right. Obviously, if you watch this, you know you're watching, it's a sequence of films, you know, and people are really into franchises now. People aren't that bothered now about having a complete ending. They don't mind an open, let's see what happens next in the next film. They're very used to it, I think, by now. So yeah, I, I agree with Dave. I think it is sort of teeing up and it's a tricky thing for the film to do, but that's what but it's that's, trying to that's do. That's not a bad thing. That's the point of the film, yeah. Okay, uh, right, so Alex, uh, you as the defence, you have the second argument here. Uh, so would you like to start, please? I would like to. Um, okay. So from what Dave, sort of following on what from Dave, Dave said there, like that is a point that, yeah, this is sort of throwing things up in the air and yeah, you're not going to have all of the things uh, resolved at the end of a film. So why should you go and watch it? And I think, well, the direction is really, really good. I think there are just some really interesting shots peppered throughout this film. It's not just like, let's get through the plot, let's just do the next thing, do the next thing, do the next thing. It's actually trying to show it in quite an interesting way. And there are some interesting decisions, like um, Credence at one point goes to find his, his mother. <laughs> and I know this is just a little point, but the, the room he walks into is all sort of got, you know, it's got things hanging up. And I just think that's a beautiful, it, it was a beautiful way of showing that, of, of showing that introduction. I thought it was really nice. Throughout the entire thing, the, the sets are beautiful in this. I think they're really well done. And it's definitely avoided that. I don't know if you've seen films like Warcraft or films like that where mm-hmm. they're just so CGI heavy, you're just bored and you, you just know that they're not yeah, they're where they're meant to be. Well. It's not, this isn't green roomed <laughs> out of existence whatsoever. The, mid- uh, the magical ministries that they go to in different countries are different and unique and very interesting to see how they're different from each other but beautifully done as well the production value on this is fantastic just the fact that it's set in the ooh, 20s late 20s yes late 20s yeah, yeah, yeah. is i i think that just the fact you could see this as a really interesting period drama the way they the the way they dress the way they talk for example johnny depp i think he's got a really fantastic i think he's really good in this film and he's got a really good accent he's sort of old perfect british i think is is really interesting and he's, something we haven't heard in he's really in a long time now, he? he's, he's, he's got, got a lot of practice absolutely <laughs> nailed it um and th- this sort of leads me on to you know talking about the period of the film this leads me on to what really sets this film apart you know it's like well yeah this is setting up just a, a part of the harry potter franchise but it also remembers something that made the harry potter franchise brilliant and that's the the themes that run through Harry Potter about, you know, the pure blood and the, the muggle blood and the ideas of racism and prejudice that run all the way through it. Harry Potter would just, if without that, it would just be, you know, the worst witch, basically. It'd just be like a, a bit of a nonsense tale that's kind of fun, but fairy tale. But this idea of the, the blood roots it in our history and it's it's fascinating. I think it's a very good introduction for children 12 years old or maybe a little younger who've gone to see it with their parents of looking at themes in our history. For example, the I think that the idea of the fascism that's obviously Grindelwald um, embodies in this film is fascinating. And it's fascinating because it is multi, it, it's quite dimensional 
the, the way it's looked at. It's not just, oh, they're bad, they're horrible, these are evil people. The best point in this film is when Grindelwald sets out his reasons for what he's doing. And it is actually quite compelling, his argument. You know, it, it foreshadows World War II. He says, if we don't rise up and take control of this world, this is what's going to happen to the world we live in. And I just, it sort of blew me away that they'd brought in World War Two into Harry Potter like um, franchise. I thought that's fantastic. That's a really interesting thing to do, and it completely then made you think. Actually, hang on a minute. Which is what you know? Which is what kind of would have been at the time as well. You know, these these people were, you know, fascism. Obviously, is you know we all know it's abhorrent, but it was convincing people. It did get people involved. It did twist minds and you could actually see it wasn't just oh i'm an evil person who wants to hurt people who aren't magical no it rooted it in something actually historical and that's for me what made this film really interesting so i i i think that part the period part of it the direction is is really interesting in it and i'll just say just a little point i add quickly just to finish off is this is a fantastic sort of introduction to magic in the adult wizarding world i think that's what's exciting for harry potter fans to see from this time they've grown up with the harry potter in the harry potter world like i say growing up with them in school and now this is what adult magicians do and it's addressing themes that adult magicians need to deal with in their world so it's really tackling prejudice it's really tackling the ideas of what is you know what communities do they want to have should they intervene in the world and it, these are all things that i think i always would now looking back on the harry potter universe i'm interested in that now maybe i wasn't when i was reading the books i just wanted to see because i was at school as well but now it's it's a, it's hitting all the points of your harry potter universe that i always thought were interesting and explaining them right thank you very much for that alex Austin, you heard all that. I won't recap. What yep. is your argument? You know what? A lot of what a lot of what Alex says, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with. But I can so I'll, so I'll go with him. That I, I think it's a, I think it's massively ambitious. I think um, I think a lot of what was um, decided to do um, throughout the film. You know, I, I used it in my first argument. I said that it's um, it's messy and it's busy. You know, there's a lot going on, and I think that. That's that's captured, but I think I think it was just too big a task to try and get into a single film. You know, they went to you know, like four cities. There's m- many many sets have been built, and and I don't disagree that some of them are truly brilliant. You know, is what, what you come to expect from the Harry Potter franchise that you've got really well done, and it's been um, and they've made it better with the CGI. So you've got a real world that's been um, optimized. You know, you get the. And, and I assume then they've used the same sort of Harry Potter type effects where you've got a real effect, which is then just um, just, just made better um, through the CGI because the acting alongside them is good because of that. I don't like, I totally won't disagree with that. But there's just so much of it. It's just, it's, it really is. If I don't know, I mean, it's because there's not that much of a, of a solid storyline. There's so many subplots. There's so many things building on. I know that's part of what I talked about last time, but with that, it just, it, it just gets confusing. So it's jarring just how much is happening, um, going on in all of these different locations, all of these different people. Um, it, it's just, sometimes it's, it's a bit distracting. You know, the, the whole, whole having Dumbledore in the first place is, is a bit distracting. Um, Jude Law is distracting lovely looking man 
But the whole thing is... <laughs> what, are you saying that they should have hired a complete fuck-o? Just <laughs> fuck-o? Make... What's a fuck-o? <laughs> like an no, ugly no. person? Oh, no, oh, um, what else did you touch on? You talked about the... Um, <laughs> the political themes and and again I, I don't think it's a bad thing to include them in this and i think you're set in the 20s it, i think they'd have been remiss not to mm. include it um I, obviously it's a it is a bit odd to you know to let's try and not really make light but i think it's very serious it's very dark um for what is essentially a you know a light-hearted magical piece and so i think some of the whimsies lost um, because of the the darkness. Um, no, for going jump, you but jump in. the whimsy was in the kids' films. Yeah, yeah when okay. at school, this is less whimsy because it's an adult. No, I go with more that. of an adult story. I, I, I'm happy to, to to go with that, but it's aimed at kids as well. I think, you know, think this about it this way: one, you know? it's like, like watching a. a film and then later on watching the porn parody of that film. <laughs> <laughs> don't think that's quite what they were going for <laughs> yeah I mean it's quite a difficult one to go with and it's because there's there's not much to parody because it's just people wearing 1920s suits and I and I, and I noticed it's quite a funny thing that was on Twitter really is I'm not sure when the uh, the change in the wizarding world from very nicely cut 20s style flapper dresses and, and, and excellent suits they decided you know what guys actually I'd rather wear like a, a matching robe and hat. Oh, it, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it was the 60s. Do you think it was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- okay, I no, think it's so... I don't even think I can argue with that. That seems pretty... Do you reckon pretty. it was the 1970s when the rock band Wizard came out? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we should oh, be dressing. man. I think I saw a tweet... It nailed it. <laughs> I saw a tweet from J.K. Rowling and she had like a picture of Jude Law as Dumbledore in a nice stylish three-piece suit and a picture of um, Richard Harris yeah. as Dumbledore <laughs> and she was like before and after tenure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right, okay, so, so the plit- sometimes it's a little bit on the nose though and I, and I don't know whether that's because it's aimed at kids or what but it almost gets a little bit patronising the, um, the, the sheer uh, force that the, um, that the politics is, is presented to, you know, it is hammered home and it's just... It's it's a little heavy, um, heavy-handed. Sorry, is what I want to go at rather than um, than heavy. It's you know it, I, I don't disagree. That it should be there, but it is heavy-handed, and I think that maybe it could have been dealt with just a little bit more subtly. Um, but you know, minor points, not that big a deal. One thing which I is a big deal. This is uh, Fantastic Beasts. There are very few Fantastic Beasts in this film, but the beasts that are in it are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've got not a whole lot more to add to, to that. I, I didn't feel it was... Um, it's hard to... I feel like this is part of a bigger picture. So any choices that have been made in this are really just scene setting for a, another set of films. So it's... I don't know. A lot of it, you can't tell whether it's a good decision or a bad decision because it's... it's not being resolved. It's, it's three hours too short at the moment. You know? Okay. Right. Thank you very much for that, Austin. Captain David, I think I'm going to need your opinion on this one. So mm-hmm. Alex said that the direction is, is very good, great attention to detail. The production value is th- fantastic. And he said that there's very interesting themes running through this. Uh, you know, there's themes of racism, fascism, and it's a good introduction to kids on these themes as it brought real life events into the fold. Austin says that they just tried to tackle too much and they should have kind of stuck to a, th- a single theme. I become a little bit over bloated. 
it's jarring how much is going on and Jude Law is too handsome to be in it. So, um, <laughs> so uh, whose wand are you grasping on this one? Uh, I'm kind of on both, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the new ones. Both ones. <laughs> yeah, both ones. <laughs> um, so production values, yeah, are very good. No denying that. But then with a budget this big, I would expect them to be. So I'm not sure whether you, can, you really want to call that a, a forte of the film. With a budget like that, I'd expect good production values. I'd expect good special effects. Um, direction is very good. I will admit the direction is uh, is top-notch. But, you know, David Yates is no stranger to the, uh, to the Harry Potter franchise. He's already done four, I think, Harry Potter films. And he's already done the original Fantastic Beasts. So it's... Um, it's uh, it's no surprise that he gives a good good uh, good direction in this one. Um, Jude Law, it feels like a bit of a miscast, to be perfectly honest with you. Really? It, yeah, a little bit. It's it, it's not that Jude Law gives a bad performance in it by any stretch of the imagination, but it's more that he doesn't feel like Dumbledore at any point. You know, I've not seen all of the films, uh, but I have read all the books. And at no point did this really feel like Dumbledore. Um, I don't know whether that's Jude Law's fault. It was just the way he was scripted. I, I don't know. But it, it didn't feel like Dumbledore. I don't mind the historical aspect being brought into it. I thought that actually worked quite well. It is a little heavy-handed, but that is maybe for kids who, who aren't really as familiar with this sort of stuff. You know, the uh, the subtleties may well have been lost on them. And I didn't mind that. I, I was, I, if anything, I'd like them to include more of that sort of thing. You know, more historical context. It does feel a little overlaid, and I see where Austin's coming from, but more in terms of subplots with the characters, the original mm-hmm. characters they've created for this one. It does feel a bit busy. Yeah. Now, maybe that is because they're going to resolve some as the films go on. You know, it's setting up many different plot points for the next film, which does make it feel a little overcrowded. Historical wise, though, I'm okay with that. Okay. Now, a big question here is why didn't it feel like Dumbledore to you? Not eccentric enough. It was Jude Law being suave, debonair. Essentially being Jude Law, and at no point did it feel like the eccentric, uh, slightly unhinged, but all over benevolent uh, do, character. Do we you think that this is a character arc, and maybe that might happen later down the line, or potentially? But I thought we would see at least a glimmer of the character that he's going to become. Oh, okay, you see Alex. a bit. You see a bit of his mystery. I agree with the bit of Dave, what Dave said. You see a bit of a Dumbledore mystery. And he's better than Gambon, is, is what I'd say. He is, he is better than Gambon, I'll give you that one. Well, not better than Harris. I, oh, no. I mean, I appreciate he doesn't want to channel Richard Harris or Michael Gambon. You know, the man's allowed to put his own stamp on the character, but it just didn't feel like the book character to me. It didn't feel like the uh, the literary character he's, that I had up here in my mind. It he's just mid-league. Okay. Yeah, it just didn't quite click for me. Right, okay, thank you very much. Right, guys, closing arguments. You've both got a minute, starting with Alex. Um. This film does have a bit of a tricky job. It's setting, it's teeing up something that's going to carry on possibly for a very long time. But it brings in incredibly interesting themes into the Harry Potter universe. This is a film for more, for, for, for our generation, I think. People who've grown up with the books and now want to see the adult wizarding world. And I think you'll get something great out of this film. Great set and production values. You know, Dave says that the big budget that it should be, but we've seen big budgets being spent unwisely very unwisely cutthroat island and so like <laughs> and so i think yeah they've you know we should give a get give a bit of credit it's easy to misspend that money i think they spent it really well it's throwing up a lot of unanswered questions and that's exactly what we want we want this wisdom world not to be contained we want it to be opened up and like i said the beasts in this film are fantastic <laughs> thank you very much for that alex 
Uh, Austin, I'm going to pass it over to you for a closing statement. Although I do note that I saw you write down closing statement yeah. and then just kind of piss about deciding which color fonts you're going to use. <laughs> <laughs> and then just write nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor timekeeping skills. Yeah, yeah, I mean, essentially I'm going to wing it based on little bullet points I've got elsewhere. Okay, so over to you. Um, you know what? There are bits of this film which are really good. There are little moments and some images which I think are, are spectacular. But it's just like a, like a much like uh, oh, Credence's circus tent. You know, that's what this is like. It's like a big circus act. It's so busy. It's it's like. Um, <laughs> come on, Ozzy, Come on, you can do it. <laughs> Essentially, it's just a huge. It's a huge uh, circus theme. It's very messy. It's just constantly in your face. There's so much going on. It's it's very difficult to follow what's happening throughout. Uh, much like my argument here. It's convoluted, it is bloated, <laughs> but ultimately, if you let it go on for for twice as long, you would get to the point and maybe you would understand what was going on with this film. Okay. And my argument. <laughs> I couldn't read what I'd made. I took a picture before it went off and it didn't save. So I was reading a picture. I oh, see, I don't want your excuses, man. I don't want your excuses. Okay, so while I'm collecting my thoughts and deciding on the verdict, we're going to pass it over to Dave, who is going to do the quiz this week. I just feel like I need to make a special mention about Ozzy's comment last week. So when we came up with a quiz for Pirates of the Caribbean, and we mentioned it, uh, sorry, um, Cutthroat Island, and we mentioned it to Ozzy afterwards, who unfortunately wasn't able to attend, and he said you should do a quiz on pie rates of the Caribbean. <laughs> right. <laughs> how, how much different pies cost in the Caribbean? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, get Dave. Oh, okay. Uh, th- this is basically a quiz about. I'm going to give you the names of mythical creatures that appear in the Harry Potter franchise, uh, be it the books or within well, really the films. I call it the films. Uh, they appear in the Harry Potter series, they appear in Fantastic Beasts. And what I want you to do is tell me where these creatures originate from. I call it Fantastic Beasts and who found them first. Mm-hmm. So, I, what I want you to do, I'm going to give you four options for each one. And you've got to tell me, you know, whose folklore was it or was it a J.K. Rowling invention? Interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. okay, so first up, we got a basilisk. Giant serpent living in the catacombs of Hogwarts, able to kill with a direct gaze. Is that a Rowling invention, European folklore, Greek mythology or Norse mythology? Greek mythology. I think Greek as well. Yeah, Greek. It is Greek, you're all correct. That does come from Greek mythology. Degree well spent. <laughs> <laughs> we got goblins. They are the bank clerks and guardians of Gringotts. Uh, are they a Rowling invention, Gaelic folklore, Greek mythology, or European folklore? European. Gaelic. European. Points for Gav and Austin there. It is European folklore. Didn't you read on the Harry Potter book socks? Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> you ever read any Tolkien? <laughs> no. <laughs> We got Thestrals, uh, demonic horses only visible to those who have witnessed a death. Is that Rowling, Gaelic folklore, Greek mythology, or European folklore? Mm. Gaelic. Rowling. I'm going to go European. Alex gets a point. It is Rowling. That Back is an in invention game. of hers. <laughs> How do we say in it? Rowling, Rowling, Rowling. Rowling, Rowling, Rowling. Rawhide? I don't know. Keep Rowling, 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 Rowling. Uh, Velas, nymph-like creatures supposedly of captivating beauty. Is that Rowling, North American folklore, Norse mythology, or European folklore? 
Norse. Norse. Yeah, they're into the they're into the nymphs, Norses. Points for nobody. It's actually European folklore, what mainland European folklore. I was going to say. I mean, maybe the European folklore. Yeah, I was European. thinking. Yeah, Norses in I Europe. I feel like you just cut cut them out of Europe, there, Dave. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I'm being more specific than that. Uh, Banshee creatures whose scream signifies the impending death of a loved one. Is that Rowling, Gaelic folklore, Norse mythology, or Greek mythology? Gaelic. Greek. Um, Greek. Gav gets a point. It oh, is Gaelic yes. folklore. That's right. Degree, not well spent. <laughs> <laughs> Trolls. Giant savage beast. One was fought by Harry in the first book. Is that Rowling, European folklore, Norse mythology, or Tolkien? Norse. Was, Tolkien. The second you said troll, I was just thinking of Joel. It's <laughs> <Was that> like <laughs> an internet troll. Like because troll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say Tolkien. That's a point for Gav again. It is oh. Norse mythology. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Mythos. <laughs> Grindelows, water pixies. They enjoy drowning things or something. Is that a Rowling invention? European folklore, Norse mythology, or Gaelic mythology? Rowling. Rowling. I'm going to say Norse. Points for nobody. It's European folklore. Um, We're really shit on the European (laughs) (laughs) Nifflers. Fluffy can't come come around close enough. (laughs) Fluffy mole-like creatures with an obsession for gold and valuables. Are they Rowling, European folklore, Norse mythology, or Maori folklore? Rowling. He's just throwing that in. I want to say Maori just for... That's what he's doing. Rolling. Rolling. Points for Alex Nelson. It is Yeah, he got you with the Maori. (laughs) The The Thunderbird, giant bird of prey capable of causing storms by flapping its wings. Mm. Is that Rowling, North American folklore, Norse mythology, or Greek mythology? North North American. American. It is. Points for everybody. North American folklore. It's just been Black Friday. I know all about America now. (laughs) And Thunderbirds. (laughs) Yeah. Acromantula, giant spiders such as Aragog found in the Chamber of Secrets. Is that Rowling, South American folklore, North American folklore, or Greek mythology? Mm. South American. Mm. Rowling. I feel like South American as well. I think they'll have big spiders there. Points for Alex. It's Rowling. Oh. Uh, they are from South America in the Harry Potter series, but they, it's a rowling invention. All right, Dave, come on. All right, all right, get on with it. But didn't she just like rob those giant spiders from like in Tolkien as well? There's a no, no. There. Look, you he lost. robbed them from South Africa, and then she robbed them from. Him. Yeah. So ultimately, we were right. <laughs> he never refers to them as acromantulas. That's oh, okay. how I'm getting away with that right. one. Cappers, okay. water demons, which drink human blood. Are they rowling? Japanese folklore, North, Norse mythology, or Greek mythology? Japanese, I think. Japanese, I think. I'm going to say Rowling. Points for Alex and Gav. Japanese folklore is correct. Boggart. Sprites capable of transforming into your deepest fears. Is that Rowling, North American folklore, Norse mythology, or European folklore? Rowling. European. I'm going to say European as well. Points for Austin and Gav. Yeah, European, bringing it back. (laughs) It is European folklore. I do not know my own folklore. (laughs) No to Article 50. (laughs) Dementor, demonic entities capable of drawing out your soul. Is that Rowling, Japanese folklore, Maori folklore, or European folklore? I'm going Maori. Rowling. I'm saying Rowling as well. Points me? for Alex and Austin. He got, he got you married twice. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it in there? <laughs> Purely for that reason. <laughs> and finally, werewolves. You all know what a werewolf is. Yeah. Is that Rowling, Hammer Horror, Greek mythology, or European folklore? Maori. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
was the what, what was the options again? Greek, sorry? European, it's European, rolling or European, rolling, hammer horror, Greek or European? European, because I, I haven't like got any of those right. European as well. Uh, this one did surprise me. It's actually originally in Greek mythology. Is it? Apparently it came to prevalence in European folklore, but there are cases in... Well, not cases, but there's been writings of men transforming into wolves at night in Greek mythology. Oh, right, okay. Did not know that. No, neither did I. No, Mate. and we both did classics at uni. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that surprised. I know. It feels like a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> only, now. only just now do I realise that was a waste of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so today, today we learned. Yeah. Maybe it was just like really hairy guys like you two getting bladders howling <laughs> at the moon. Which you two are you talking about? It's almost certainly the case that that's what happened. So I say two, I think yeah. uh, you three. Yeah. Right, hairless. I know, yeah, but that's so, the thing. Just bitter. I look, I look like an egg. <laughs> <laughs> smooth all over. <laughs> anyway, so thank you very, very much, guys. Uh, thank you very much, Dave. Very, very good uh, quiz. And... I have been thinking about the verdict. I've been making a couple of notes here. So yeah, I liked a number of things that you were talking about. Um, Alex, when you were talking about like kind of themes that should be kind of introduced to children, but in a sort of lighter tone, maybe I thought that was, that was quite good. I didn't think about that. Um, and often your arguments about sort of, you didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I feel like that there is a sort of case that it is the second film in a franchise if you didn't watch the first one and you're just going into this with no knowledge of the first one, then, you know, it's your own fault, really. And also, it's you've got, what, eight other Harry Potter films before you to help you build the knowledge of the sort of... And the books. And the books as well. Um, but, Austin, you did say that there was a lot of kind of subplots, a lot of different characters. It was quite busy. It was jumping back and forth from one character and one storyline to another. Alex, you didn't really kind of counter that well. Um, Dave, you kind of did add a, a bit of levity to either side of, of the arguments there um to, to be honest it, this is a very very hard one but i think it's gonna go on the hit list <laughs> well yeah. done Ozzy. Uh, so Ozzy, uh, i don't yeah, want to say good, it's all your fault round. but it was your fault. No, no, no. I should have done a better No, I, 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 well, to be honest, I liked, Alex, what you were saying about um, the fantastic production values. I did read somewhere beforehand. I didn't try and read too much about this because uh, I wanted to go in with it as a blank slate. They, they kind of rebuilt, uh, or they built like a, essentially a small um, Paris and they, um, and, and you know, I, I think from the stills that I've seen, it looks fantastic. Alex, you said that the direction was really good. You said that the costumes and the fact that it kind of brought real life history into it as well, it kind of worked really well. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested and intrigued to go and actually watch it and see if I've made the right call there. But let's just find out some genuine opinions. Austin, did you hate it as much as you said you did? Uh, no. No, actually, um, I, I stand by my arguments that um, it was very busy and it's difficult, but, you know, it's it's exactly that. It's setting up it's the second film. It's really opening out the world. And, and I think you've got to forgive it that, that it's not going to be the end of that story. It's a bit like, it'd be a bit like judging the Avengers franchise, you know, only a few yeah. films in. They're like, oh, this one. Judging this film is a really good film, but it's not finished, and you can tell exactly. It's not, so it's, that's what, that's what I lines. was thinking when yeah. you when you were saying that, and when Alex said that as well. It does kind of feel a little bit like, well, I'm not bothered because if you're that into the film series and, and you're going to watch yeah. the second one, you're more likely to go and watch the third one as well. And if it's setting something up, then you know, it, just as long that, as it does yeah. it well. 
Um, Alex, genuine opinion, did you hate it as much as you said you did? Did I, did I Sorry, love it? did you love it as much as you said you did? No, I hated it as much as I said. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, as I didn't say. Yeah, it's... Uh, I was oh, didn't you like it? No. <laughs> really? No, I didn't, no. Um, so, so, what, so what was... I, I, again, I was trying to do my arguments and like what people might say. Yeah. And uh, But now it just... Um, I've never, to be honest, in fairness, I've never liked any of the Harry Potter films. I think I'm a bit of a book purist and a bit of a knob. So I just don't like... <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like really seeing it. Uh, it Same never quite... Re- <laughs> never quite lives up to my expectations i think i agreed mainly with ozzy's point where this film is just so busy it's very, very it's busy. like two and a half hours long and yet it feels like they're just <laughs> running through material it yeah. it, it doesn't I, th- there were some really good bits and i think it would have been a better film if they'd taken out some huge bits of subplot that did yeah, not need to be there every scene or almost every scene actually felt like it was setting mm. the table like and, uh, guys come on we're gonna have a boss just, meal here but we're going to put down another plate first. Can you, oh, can you put ex- me a gravy boat over there? Can you? you know, oh, you need another set of knives. It, just every single one. That's a nice way of putting it, yeah. actually. I like that. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I, what I was saying I think was true. Like, the sets are beautiful, but I just wanted a bit more time. Like, let's just calm it down. Let's stay here. We've got two and a half hours to mess about in. <laughs> let's just stay here for a bit and chill out and see what's going on. Yeah. No, right, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. A bit too convoluted. And... um uh, Jude Law is not Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> All right, okay. Right, so, high or lower? He did a good job, though, like, as an actor. It was good. Sorry to be on again. No, no, it's a, well, it's a, well, I'm actually looking forward to seeing it, um, probably this time next week, um, to, to actually see what I reckon, because I, I've only watched, I think, the first three Harry Potter films. I haven't seen any more after that. I haven't seen the first Fantastic Beasts film. So I'm, it'd be interesting to see what I think of Jude Law's performance in it. <laughs> think you would be wise to try and watch the first one first there's a very very quick okay, recap at yeah. the start of this one okay and i don't think it's enough no. to, to right. grasp what's going on okay i'll do that i then. think it assumes you've seen it yeah right okay so higher or lower than our previous film on trial which was <laughs> cut through time higher well it's just come out so definitely higher. yeah it's gotta be higher <laughs> okay. what was the last special we did it's definitely higher than cut for Ireland. Oh, I can't remember. Predator? Um, Predator. The Predator. I'm higher not going to I'm going to say higher than that as well. Um, okay, so Cutthroat <laughs> Island is 5.6. I'm going to say this is like an 8.2. And uh, on 7.6. I, okay, Austin? 7.3. Okay, so this is IMDb ratings, by the way, so out of 10. And Austin, your closest, uh, Fantastic Beast, Crimes of Grindelwald, is 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> Okay, so before we adjourn the case, I think it's time for a little bit of a caption contest. So what we do here is we take a still of the movie and we put it on Twitter and we ask all of our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a chocolatey frog-shaped treat. Okay, so guys, you've got to basically decide the funniest here. The still is uh, right at the beginning of the film, I think it is. Uh, Grindelwald, um, Johnny Depp is sat in, and it looks like a carriage. And It is a carriage. Okay. And <laughs> it doesn't the, just look like it. <laughs> well, I haven't seen the film, so I don't know. So, um, could be anything. Anyway, so, so we sat in well we definitely know now is a carriage <laughs> and it looks like two people are pointing ones and I'm, I've sent you the image so you should know it anyway I do know yeah, it yeah. right good right so you guys have just got to decide which one is the funniest starting with when you fall asleep on the train and wake up in a different county <laughs> uh, <laughs> number two <laughs> when you just get done watching Fantastic Beasts The Crimes of Grindelwald and realise it was everything you hoped it wouldn't be <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, 
you don't worry about me. It could have been worse. I could have been in the new Tim Burton movie. <laughs> uh, next one here. Not quite my tempo. <laughs> um, yeah, I get it. Conducting joke. Um, next one. When you decide to scoop out all of the chocolate because <laughs> they left their KP chalk dip unattended. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, very niche joke, that. Um, when you finish pooping and realize there is no toilet paper. <laughs> when you find out they won't let you play Captain Jack Sparrow anymore. <laughs> um, just a question here. Breadstick. <laughs> uh, and then offspring voice evil eye for a white guy <laughs> sorry I should have put more effort into that one <laughs> and the last one here is Pirates of the Caribbean 23 spackled sparrow mm. <laughs> okay so guys what, what are we reckoning I like um, the first one to be honest I, I like the train I like the Tim Burton one yeah, that was a good one. Ozzy? I think I'm going to go with the train. You wake up in a different county. That yeah, just I like that. Made okay, me so well done to Ollie. Ooh, you've just won yourself a flipping Freddo. Ollie who? <laughs> Ollie who? <laughs> Ollie who, Dave? Ollie, Ollie Oxen. <laughs> um, right, okay. Thank you very much, everyone who submitted the caption. Uh, so just before we call it a day, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our fellow podcasting friends, two guys on Friday podcast. Uh, yeah, the show is, is basically just two friends, Kevin and Mark, chatting about uh, well, Friday the 13th, essentially. <laughs> and uh, I'm reviewing a lot of other horror films as well. It's really enjoyable. It's really funny. Um, the, the two hosts have great chemistry as well. And I definitely recommend that you guys check it out. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter as well. They're very engaging. So at two guys on Friday. So as this episode was going on, the next film on trial has been picked out of the hat at random. And it is The Last Jedi. So the roles have been picked out at random. And in the role of... Defense is going to be Austin. Oh. In the role of prosecution, it's going to be Joel. He will be. <laughs> oh, that's going to be tough for He'll Joel. be mixed about yeah. that, I feel. <laughs> I don't be know. Conflicted, have we I ever feel. heard Joel's opinions on the last that, Has that come up on the podcast? I don't think it has, has it? No. no. Uh, the character witnesses are going to be myself and Captain Dave over here. And that means the judge is going to be you, Alex. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, so thank you very much everyone who's listened to this episode. You can catch all of our future stuff and our past stuff on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk or any podcasting platform. Check us out on Twitter, at Film Trials. You can follow us and suggest a film for us to put on trial. We'll put it in the hat and eventually get around to doing it. Uh, also check out our friends and collaborators, Austin Ray and Winston Sang. That's our great music producer and our fantastic graphic artist, Austin Ray and Winston Sang. Have I said that bit? At Aussie Ray and at the underscore quirks. Also check us out on all social media facebook instagram youtube films on trial lovely stuff thank you very much everybody fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald is a hit film and we will be in your ears next week with the last jedi goodbye (laughs) 